Happy Monday as we officially turn the page from football season to baseball season. Welcome in to the PHLY Phillies podcast. Jamie Lynch, Renee Washington, Tyler Zuli. Uh, Will, congratulations. You win the first chat of the day. Uh, Chris and Ken and Kevin, uh, good morning or good afternoon uh, to all of you. Welcome in. Thank you for being here. Uh, smash that thumbs up button while you're in here. Uh, I guess before we get to the Phillies news of the weekend, because there was a move I actually really liked. Uh, we'll talk about all those Phillies things. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Did you watch SpongeBob? Did you watch? I know you watched Usher. Uh, what was your general vibe of yesterday, Renee? Did you have a good day? I know you ended up watching it. You said you were only <laughs> going to watch SpongeBob and Usher. We all know that's a lie. Uh, how did you enjoy it? I lied. I lied. Jamie. Of course you did. You I know, knew you were lying. I- as the Super Bowl got closer and closer, the sports junkie me was like, how can I possibly not watch the Super Bowl? There's there's the obviously the football side. There's the commercials. There's all the things I needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was going to watch the beginning. And then I was yeah, like, okay. oh, you know, I'll half watch. And no, I watched all of it. Was screaming at the TV. Was frustrated. Um, I don't even, I was just frustrated for on both sides. Because I'm like, this is just some ridiculous things that are happening. Questionable decision making, game management, especially in overtime. The game itself is actually a decent game. You know, I just wish it wasn't two of the three teams that I dislike in the NFL. Otherwise, I would have been able to enjoy it a lot more. But it was a very, um, there's a lot, honestly, Jamie. That last night was, I feel like I'm still processing. Usher was good, but Usher was like one line of each song. So I was like excited. And we were moving on to the next song. And it was like, whoa, okay, I'm moving. I'm rolling on to the next. And it was just a lot. Yeah, when he great. took his shirt off, I, I put down my plate of fat food I had in front of me. <laughs> and I went, all right, I need to make some life changes. 45 old and still looks exactly as he did 30 years ago when he came out uh listen usher Son looks great bitch. and i can't wait to see him in concert because i'm going you i'm going take, you didn't have to take your shirt off and stunt so hard in front of all the Roller women out skating, there sweat dripping muscles what? ripping i, oh, I understand it's a performance and he's you know amazing but that's really sweaty right like for the, that's a lot of she sweat. Was moving, Jamie. For a while, he I wasn't. I was sweating in my living room. First, I know well, he was that's sweating. That's for a different reason, Renee. The I first two or three songs, he wasn't working that hard. Okay, let's see you do Just, something. Does Usher have a sweating problem? No. Okay. I think that was an excessive amount of sweat. <laughs> that's why I had to take his shirt off. He was hot. Listen, <laughs> it was a lot. I was bro, dancing all right? Along. Was he hydrated? <laughs> Maybe he's overhydrated. I don't know. First of all, just him, him and his girlfriend are now. They just got their marriage license. Usher's going on tour. A lot of things are going in Usher's favor. Mm-hmm. That hug with Alicia Keys. He, that that hug with Alicia uh, was Swiss definitely was probably like, yo, Usher, back up. Because you know what? First of all, I love the fact he brought out Alicia Keys, Ludacris, that her, was pretty cool. Lil John. When it was like. Luda. Oh, yeah. As soon as as soon as the good. music dropped, was I was like, okay, Lil John's coming out. We're just getting better. But he was very professional with her. He was very professional, obviously, with the men. Uh, Will I am everybody that came out, Jermaine Dupree. But with Alicia, he was a little too close. That was but a- Jamie, I was dancing along in my living room and I too had to take off. I was wearing like a jacket, like well, not a jacket like this, but a 
a little sweater or whatever. I didn't take it off. I was stripping down too in a professional way <laughs> because I was sweating also, but I wasn't even dancing as much as he was. He was on the ground. He was roller skating. Yeah. So it was, Very it was sweaty. okay. It was interesting. Uh, I did watch back the SpongeBob performance because I missed it live. Yeah. Big day um, for you and Tyler. I know. It uh, was. They did sweet, the whole broadcast. Sweet victory. Was it yeah. everything you hoped it would be and more? It's it's so cute. I just I can't watch the Nickelodeon version. I just prefer the regular version. You don't like looking at LeBron James. I don't need to see and Finn Diesel. I don't need to see all the, the celebrities. The slime and it's cute though. I think it's great for kids yeah. that you know their families are trying to connect them with sports. My the kids in my family don't need any additional help because they're already screaming at the TV. Patrick Mahomes sucks. We hate you, 49ers. You know, we start young in our family, so we don't need Nickelodeon Patrick Mahomes help. does not suck. You I know, tell but we, your, we, your, your... we start that young, though. We oh, start okay. that young. We don't like... Listen, I had to root for the lesser of an evil, and it was uh, neither of them. But Yeah, at the end of the game, I really enjoyed watching Debo Samuel cry. Oh, I liked um, that moment. That warmed the that. cockles of my heart. Um, so seeing the 49ers' mm -hmm. pain and suffering did feel good. I'm not going to lie to you and say... I would have liked to see more Chief suffering, too. You know, I've needed to see both teams suffer. But and like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are great. So like at least them winning makes sense. Yeah. So like I can justify like that was the best outcome for me last night. I don't know. The Niners lose in excruciating pat, uh, fashion. Only the second overtime Super Bowl loss ever. And Kyle Shanahan's been head coach of both of them. <laughs> and just not knowing it. how to manage the new overtime rules sucks to suck because you had a lot of, you knew how to talk trash about the Eagles all season and then you get to overtime and don't know how to manage the game. So uh, that's just when you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And the 49ers who had the game let the Chiefs hang around long enough. They deserve to lose. And so that outcome, I was like, mm, that's what you get. Next season, maybe pay a little less attention on the Eagles and a lot more on other teams, especially once if you get far. And I'm and just most importantly, Renee, I'm just so happy for Taylor and Travis. I'm not. I'm just it's, happy that it's, it's over. It's just such a beautiful story. Did you see? Jim, we're gonna get to Philly's talk, guys. Yeah, we're gonna get there. My last thing about that is how many players are on a team with families, with wives that are actually their wives and their children there. And we had to look at Taylor and Travis pecking along mm -hmm. for about five minutes. It was uncomfortable. It was too long. We don't need to see it. We, if anybody was taking shots every time they showed Taylor, you were in the hospital, alcohol poisoning, because it was too much. It's just, an, I'm, I'm happy for them. Love is love. If you're in love after six months, yeah, but cute. you knew that was coming, but like, I know. And it was still, it was like watching a, a car crash in slow motion. Like you knew it was coming, but there was nothing we could do to avoid it. And we knew the post game was going to be all about Taylor, and it was um, a lot of it. And so it's like, come on, guys, we get it. We like the story. You like the following of the Swifties, but please, can we? Now that the season's over, I'm happy because I'm hoping they're probably gonna or possibly gonna break up soon. Who knows? And then maybe we don't have to hear about this as much because we only hear about sports. Let's talk about sports. Yeah, so we will get to the <laughs> Phillies news, but obviously Super Bowl Sunday is. Man, uh, I know a lot of people are said. Somebody said, "Man, I need." today to be a, a national holiday it should be when the when the nfl schedule goes to 18 games it's naturally going to fall on president's day weekend so i think they're just waiting for that at this point but yes like it it should be a holiday i uh, i went out to a local dive bar yesterday um and the my buddy who i met up with was like yeah i took tomorrow off and i was like that was Here that was are. pretty smart move because yeah. i know some people are are feeling it today whether it was overindulging in food or alcohol what, whatever your uh, your poison was probably a little sluggish start to this monday so to recap the phillies news of the weekend couple little nice nuggets out there let's first start with the one that actually happened 
Uh, I like this move a lot for depth. Uh, a kid with upside who's been injured. Uh, the Philly signed Spencer Turnbull to a, a $2 million deal with up to $2 million in, in incentives. Uh, now, he's most likely going to start the year in AAA. Uh, he does have minor league options, uh, so I would imagine other teams uh, were also looking at him for the same type of thing. They probably paid a little bit more to get him um, to pry him away from other teams, but he does have minor league options left. He can potentially be one of those six starter types uh, if things go south uh, with injuries and whatnot. Uh, he was a kid in Detroit that was, you know, a former high prospect of theirs, um, had a decent year, got hurt uh, in said decent year, came back, struggled. Basically, he's like a uh, a four or five ERA over 62. Um, excuse me, I, I'm brain farting because uh, I'm just going off the top of my head. Anyway, he's like a four or five ERA guy, has shown some flashes of promise early four, in five, his five. career. COVID kind of shut him down. An injury, Tommy John surgery kind of shut him down. He was an absolute gas can last year in his appearances. But <laughs> there is a decent pitcher in there if now maybe, you know, two years removed from uh, Tommy John surgery. It, it totally makes sense to take a flyer on this type of kid. Yeah, He's yeah. 31, did we say, Tyler? 31. And, and guys, if nothing else, here's a fun fact. He was born 11 days, bless you, Tyler, 11 days after me. We are birthday buddies. So uh, my fellow same Virgo, same year, literally wow. 11 days after me, Spencer was born. So. And what's his middle name? Uh, his parents are Pokemon oh. fans? Catch him? Yeah, it's catch him. Yeah. So I'm guessing his parents are Pokemon fans. Clearly. Big Pokemon so, people. So listen. Did, did you guys share that? Were you a Pokemon person? I, I was a Pokemon. I had my cards. I was a Pokemon person. Yep. I didn't. Yeah. I got to catch them all, you know? Catch them. Um, listen. So for my fellow Virgo, Spencer, there's some there's some things there. Okay. 6'3", decent, decent size, decent Jim, build. Jim says I'm not exactly um, talking the kid up. That's not my job. <laughs> but I, I just, I think the signing Wait, makes a lot of it sense. It gets better, though. It gets better. Okay. It gets better just like that workout that you had this morning, Provolone, John, and Nikki. The struggle might have been real, but it hopefully will get better. Okay. So at 6'3", some fun, other fun facts besides him being my birthday buddy is that Dave Dombrowski was the president and GM of Detroit at the time of his um, getting drafted and getting signed, I should say. So at that point, when he was drafted, he was a 21-year-old right-hander out of Alabama. Dave brought him in, took a chance on him, and Dave is doing it again years later. Ten years later, Dave's taking a chance on him again. Look at that full-circle Hallmark movie plot. Now, the issues with him, as you mentioned, the injuries were definitely huge. Uh, he mentioned, of course, Detroit did not end the way that he would have chosen, was not great. In his seven games that he played in in 2023, he had a 726 ERA, a 1-4 record. Um, pr the season prior to that, in 2021, when he last played prior to 2023, uh, he played nine games and had a 288 ERA. Yeah, that was his so, crown yeah, so performance was, of his career. We've seen the highs and we've seen the lows because everything between 2018 and 2020 is just kind of somewhere in the middle. So as you mentioned, his overall career ERA around a 455. And for him, he did say that, you know, uh, you know, the last year was the most challenging year physically and mentally. He's thankful how it all turned out. That whole, like, cliche, everything happens for a reason thing. Um, and so if he can stay healthy and can give you more of that 2021 Spencer, uh, that's encouraging. If he's going to give you injury plagues, you know, he had a number of injuries aside from just Tommy John surgery. 
I think there was something else about like a toe injury or something else that I saw from him. Um, he's dealt with his fair share of, of problems. Oh, yeah, it was. It was an avulsed toenail and a neck fracture that he suffered. I don't mm. know what that means, but it sounds gross. Sounds painful. And it sounds like a toenail. Yeah, yeah. toes, like or stubbing a toe or a toenail issue is a problem. Um, so uh, to, to I think he could be positive as long as he can be healthy. Uh, to everybody in the chat, you know, no, it's not exciting. Not at all. It's depth <laughs> uh, with a kid that had a lot of potential in this league at one point. Um, so, you know, he throws a four-seamer, a two-seamer. He has topped out in the past at 98 miles an hour, but he's usually that 94, 95 range. Uh, he's got a, a high 80s slider, a low 80s curveball, and a mid-80s changeup. So that's and what you'll see. it's a one-year deal for $2 million with $2 million in incentives. You got him for cheap for the most part, um, and you it's a one-year deal. So I know you guys in the chat, Chris, Mickey, Kevin, Jim, this is not exciting at all. This is a move. Nobody. It's definitely not a big move. Hopefully the big move is still on the table for the Phillies, but – Adding around the edges, adding a depth piece at 31 years old, if, they, if, he, if he can stay healthy, maybe there is more of a major league ready now uh, ability in him versus, you know, the prospects that we've talked about are waiting for some of the youngsters. So I think that's more of what it's looking like. And Dave does know him and have that familiarity where he probably feels like he can help bring out the best of Spencer. So well, let's yeah, hope we can I wouldn't let's say, hope we get that. I wouldn't say because Chris said it's, you know, strictly a, f uh, a favor to a former no. farmhand. I don't think it's that. I think it's somebody you're taking a shot on post-injury uh, that you believe in. Um, and, you know, they just happened to cross paths before. So uh, not a lot of money, not something to get too excited about. He'll start the year in Lehigh Valley, but you will get to see him, you know, hopefully eat a couple innings in spring training and uh, and get, you know, a little bit of a look there. And then hopefully, hopefully you know, he pitches himself into that six-starter spot. But more than that, hopefully you don't see him because that means that something yeah. went wrong and somebody got injured along the way. Um, so that's that's the news that actually happened from the weekend. Uh, and then our friend Jim Salisbury. Everybody loves Jim Ooh. Salisbury. When Jim speaks, people listen. Uh, Jim Salisbury had this to say on WIP radio over the weekend on Saturday. Quote from Jim. I think the Phillies are more than interested bystanders on Jordan Montgomery, depending on where his market goes. I really expect them to bring in another position guy, a right-handed bat type that can maybe help out all over the diamond. All right, so there's two things there. Um, we'll get to the outfield thing because in Matt Gelb's piece, he named a, a couple names that they've potentially kicked the tires on. And look, there's still a lot of names out there this week as teams are entering spring training. So like, it's starting to be go time. Uh, and... On the Jordan Montgomery front, I think this is the, the longer it takes, the better the Phillies' chances are in getting him. Um, Zalecki, I, in his newsletter, went on to say they like the idea of Montgomery for a one-year deal, no longer than three years. Uh, if you have to overpay to get him on a one-year deal, I kind of think that's like the ideal situation. Uh, mm -hmm. If you were to do that, you might look into moving on from Taiwan Walker, potentially, if you can find a suitor and eat some of that money. Mm -hmm. uh, don't really know there. But now, you know, basically Zalecki, Gelb, and Jim Salisbury have all confirmed that there's some serious smoke here around Jordan Montgomery. And it's a pretty exciting rumor. Uh, I hope it's true because I really do think he would take you to another level uh, and be a steady kind of innings eater uh, in this rotation. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, we've heard a lot about Montgomery 
uh, being tied to returning back to the Rangers. But it appears, A, the Rangers are in the midst of a TV deal that's costing them I love to the wait. TV deals. Yeah, it's, it's costing to them us. to stall. But also financially, they're running into some question marks because according to some reports, what's coming out of the Rangers side is that it would cost them more than $30 million this season for Montgomery. Uh, but factoring in luxury tax and their spending, they don't want to spend that much for him. And so it seems like the Rangers and Montgomery are actually not a good fit. Obviously, uh, that's been the, the front runner that we've heard from. We've heard about other teams, the Angels, the Giants, the Red, Red Sox that are also in the mix for various reasons. The Phillies being in the mix, in my opinion, is enticing because they have a lot more to offer Jordan Montgomery. I think for both parties, if I'm Jordan Montgomery, I'd want to play with the Phillies over the Angels or the Giants or the Red Sox. It's a no-brainer. But then for the Phillies, they have the ability to be able to have, and that's now the top of your rotation, if you have Wheeler, Nola, and Montgomery, that's fantastic. The question, of course, will come down to finances. So that's been the biggest holdup, Jamie, is the fact that, like, obviously the Zach Wheeler extension has been the priority for the Phillies. And for how much Jordan Montgomery's out on the market for, that would make it tough for the Phillies come spending-wise. But baseball-wise, it's a lot. I remember when we talked before about uh, free agents that would be good additions for the Phillies. This was back in all the way back in 2023. And I remember talking about Jordan Montgomery as that plug-and-play piece for what we saw in such a short time, even last season, the Cardinals, the Rangers, where if he has a full season with the team, gets rolling, gets confident and comfortable with that team at his age, at his experience, at his ability, he's won a World Series, that he can be a plug-and-play piece that would really help solidify um, this rotation. I know it's not a need for the Phillies, but if you have him fall through the cracks, and as many reports have indicated, that's what the Phillies are looking for, a guy to fall through the cracks, fall out the sky, fall into their laps, whatever term you want to use. If Montgomery can fall through the cracks and nobody wants to pay and his number can drop, to me... Uh, go for it. Absolutely go for it. Uh, to have last year alone that 320 ERA and 32 starts, 188 and two-thirds innings between the Cardinals and the Rangers. Of course, we saw how he stepped up in the postseason. I like Jordan Montgomery. I've liked him a lot. And honestly, out of all the names available, especially uh, Boris's guys that are available, I'm going for Jordan Montgomery. So I hope he can fall into the Phillies' lap and and make this happen. Please. This would be a great move. Yeah, I would. It's not would. a needed move, but listen... It's it's a World Series caliber win now team. If you can lock in Jordan Montgomery for a little bit less, I take the deal. Yeah, and it does come down to that money. Fangraphs over the weekend released the uh, the luxury tax projections uh, around baseball, and the Phillies currently sit at six, that two hundred fifty three mm -hmm. million. So they will be paying some luxury tax. Uh, the teams ahead of them. The Astros are at 255. Jeez. The Braves at number four are at 270 million. And then you get to the big the big boys. The Yankees at number three are at 306 million. The Dodgers at 314. And then the LOL Mets lead baseball mm -hmm. at 328 million dollars, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, because I don't think anybody believes the Mets are really going to be competing this year. So, you know, is there room to add some money? Yes, there is. Uh, are they going to add, you know, is Jordan Montgomery going to get potentially $30 million for one year? Like, is he going to get overpaid like that on a one-year deal? Uh, so if that goes up to 283 or $277 million, something like that, uh, the Phillies then would be fourth in baseball in spending. So if, mm -hmm. they, if they make this Jordan Montgomery move, 
you know, I, th I would think the lowest you're going to get them for on a one-year deal is probably $25 million. Yeah. So if exactly. you make that type of move, you're sitting in fourth in baseball right behind the big, big dogs. Uh, and we've already, you know, put into perspective how much John Middleton spends and, and how much he wants to win and, and how great that is. If he makes this move, that is, uh, that is a big boy, you know, because then you're probably in the second tax threshold um, and then you owe, you know, a higher percentage of what you're over that time. So right. like you're basically just giving away money on top of money you're already spending. So uh, mm -hmm. if he does this, he's really going to put them on the table and, and say the Phillies are going for it. So, yeah. you know, hopefully uh, Scott Boris gets irritated with some other clubs this week, dragging their feet and uh, maybe says, hey, Jordan, let's take this one year deal or two year deal. And uh, go at it again in another year or two for now. And yeah. hopefully the Phillies are that landing spot. That would be a, that would get people, I think, nuts. Because mm -hmm. let's not forget, the Phillies still have spent the second most money right. in the offseason this uh, this offseason, only behind the Dodgers, which is wild. Yeah, and a couple of things out of the chat. I know uh, you guys are talking about Taiwan. Um, of course, Tim, want to give you a happy birthday. It's your birthday as well as Abe Lincoln's birthday. And you're going to be plugged in a PHY all day. Love that you're spending your birthday Sushi with us. Buffet happy birthday Terminis. to you. Happy birthday Ooh. to you. Uh, definitely have a great dinner and lunch. Happy it sounds like you've got Tim. a great meal planned out. Uh, Dan, you're mentioning how the last three years, a sub four ERA would be absolutely welcome to the third in the rotation. Could not agree with you more, Dan. Um, and as you guys are all uh, talking about, Jim's question stands out to me. If other teams aren't trying to sign Montgomery, is there something going on with him? And honestly, what I've read about the front runners that are interested in Montgomery is, first of all, the money's been the biggest issue. That's been the biggest issue for all the, the names that are on the free agency market, Scott Boris's guys, that they're asking for more than what teams are willing to pay. And it's not just about the player. It's also about, as we're talking about with luxury tax and team finance and spending, that that's not the priority right now. I mean, the Angels are a team that, have been in the, have been brought up as a team that's interested in Montgomery, but the Angels need so many. The Angels need so many other things um, outside of just starting pitching that they also need to just replace Shohei Otani. And financially, not sure if that's if that makes sense for them. Uh, they've been someone that's been linked to Blake Snell, who they've been actively pursuing. Uh, San Francisco, another team. You know, the Giants have been uh, missing on a lot of big names uh, because of the fact they won't go on and spend. But someone like Cody Bellinger has been more of the name we've heard with them. The Red Sox have just been doing the Red Sox thing. Uh, Montgomery is literally in their backyard. His his wife is is lives there and is from there, I should say. And he would be a shoe in for them because he's already there. But the Red Sox have been doing the Red Sox types of things. Nothing. Um, but for the Rangers, as mentioned, it just comes down to money. You know, they're dealing with the same thing as we as Jamie. You were just hitting on the luxury tax and the prices. Um, they're dealing with that same issue of a projected $243 million projected luxury obligations. Yeah. You know, they, they want to financially, they're not able to find a spot to meet in the middle. So I don't think in this situation, unlike some other names, like a Trevor Bauer, for example, unlike other names that are on the out there on the market, you know, going around, I get the vibe with Jordan Montgomery. It was literally just money. Every report I've read, every article I've read, I'm not in the conversations, obviously has indicated it comes down to spending. So if the Phillies can find a way, as you mentioned, maybe it's $25 million for a one-year deal to meet in the middle. 
I'm all in. Like you guys said, I would go for it. But you know what else you can go for? That's some great bagels. Because what better way to start your day off than with some Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly? You don't have to worry about trekking up to New York City into the Empire State. You don't have to worry about uh, looking for the best spots to get those delicious breakfast sandwiches, bagels. They are made with Philly love. It's that mom-and-pop shop feel right here in our very own backyard. They've got huge, ginormous bagels. A variety of 15 to 20 different bagels that they have fresh for you every day out of Bagels & Co. They also have a variety of cream cheese spreads. So they have over 30 different types of cream cheeses and they have seasonal cream cheeses. It's Valentine's Day this week. Galentine's Day. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Obviously, they also have Philly sports specific ones as well as a Philly sports as a Philly company. Excuse me. They got Philly sports cream cheeses. So Sixers, Flyers, Eagles, Phillies, Union, whatever it is, uh, they always have various types of cream cheeses. And then even just the different flavors are delicious. So if you are looking for the affordable prices of some of some good breakfast options, lunch options, maybe it's your birthday and you want to go out and treat yourself to a yummy pork roll egg and cheese sandwich, they've got it at Bagels & Co. So over at Bagels & Co., they really focus on giving you great prices, everyday brands, it's an everyday brand and also giving you just delicious options. And so you can head over for the best Brooklyn style bagels made right here in Philly. Go over to thebagelsandco.com to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. You won't regret it. And make sure to sink your teeth in a delicious, well-priced, well-tasted, well-seasoned, great-sized bagel sandwich, bagel, whatever it is you're looking to buy. Because their seasonal flavors alone are a reason to go check out the Bagels & Co. So Bagels & Co., guys, you will not be disappointed. Chris Slemmer says maybe they got a Buddy Healed bagel. Yeah. Maybe a campaign bagel. Or maybe, well, maybe, Kyle Lowry maybe a Kyle bagel. Lowry comes home <laughs> bagel. Uh, but about one month from now, we're going to be getting on a flight to Clearwater, Florida with our friends over at Philly Sports Trips. Now, I've had the, uh, the fortune of going on, I think about, this might be my sixth or seventh uh, trip with Philly Sports Trips. And Vince and Bob over at Philly Sports Trips do it up right. I can't wait to see what they got in store for Clearwater. I haven't done a Clearwater trip with them, but I've done several other cities. I've been on one of their booze cruises down in Miami before. So I know uh, this is going to be a stellar trip. Uh, they, they take all the thinking out of it for you. So when you sign up with Philly Sports Trips, you put a deposit down, uh, whether it be Clearwater or somewhere else, that's it. You're done. You can shut your mind off and know you're just going to have a great Great experience with Philly sports trips, transportation, uh, parties, food, tickets to the game, everything. You don't have to worry about anything uh, like down in Clearwater. We're going to be hanging out with Uncle Charlie. Charlie Manuel is going to be there at an event with us. Uh, they spend every second planning out. There's downtime if you want it. There's trips if you want it. You know, golf trips on other trips. Since you can spend St. Patty's Day on a private yacht with catered dinner and drinks. Renee and Tyler, does that sound fun from, for you? Like a month from now? Yeah, you don't have to twist my arm. A nice little St. Patty's Day oh, trip man. to the ballpark. <laughs> Tell me I got to watch baseball and have a couple beers. Yeah, you got to get on Say a private less. yacht. That sounds terrible. <laughs> have a dinner cruise. and uh, It's going to be oh, tough. Man. Uh, so they, Life they, is so tough. They do it right at Philly Sports Trips. So be on the lookout for more events throughout the year with Philly Sports Trips. Ours is March 13th through 18th. So don't wait to book head to allphly.com backslash events to learn more and book your trips today. Uh, also on the Jordan Montgomery front, back to him for a second, Todd Zalecki also yes. has a quote 
Um, so, you know, the heavy hitters here are tying the Phillies to Jordan Montgomery. They don't do that lightly. Uh, Todd Zalecki said this. Sources said the market must change drastically for the Phillies to sign one of the game's remaining free agents, although they do like Jordan Montgomery on a one- to three-year deal, nothing long-term. Uh, so there you have it. Jim Salisbury, Todd Zalecki, Matt Gelb all says Jordan Montgomery. Cross those fingers, um, something. Nightingale said George Montgomery. Yeah, so We've heard various. I don't think that, I think this is beyond the point of the agency using the Phillies. Uh, I think this is legit interest mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, so the other thing that Jim Salisbury mentioned was the possibility of adding bats. Uh, now, Matt Gelb and his piece on The Athletic uh, actually named some names that they're considering and looking at. Uh, so those names mentioned in Matt Gelb's story for that outfield bat. And they talked about, you know, like you can't guarantee guys a lot of at bats. Now they expect Brandon Marsh to be ready on opening day. Mm -hmm. They've basically said, Johan Rojas has the job unless he uh, completely just falls apart in spring training this year. So they don't have a guaranteed at bats and a job to offer some of these veteran types uh, that are looking for that. Uh, kind of guarantee there so uh, it's the start of spring training and there's still some names out there so Matt Gelb listed these names as uh, a glut of potential fits remain available for the Phillies some of which um, we've talked about some we have not and we'll see I do believe they're going to bring in one of these guys all right so the names are Eddie Rosario Robbie Grossman Adam Duvall Michael Taylor have yet to sign with a team and then there's utility players such as Whit Merrifield, Kiki Hernandez, Tony Kemp, and Brian Anderson mm -hmm. still all as free agents. Uh, as Gelb goes on to say, they won't land everyday jobs for those players, but at some point the Phillies could find a match with some of these players. Um, I personally would prefer more of a true outfielder type yeah. uh, than the utility guy, but I certainly understand you know, Whit Merrifield or... Uh, Kiki Hernandez can go fill in if somebody does get hurt. So it looks like they're probably going to add another body to the spring training uh, roster this week. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. We have talked a lot about how the Phillies need the that outfielder piece that can give you good at bats, that can help just, A, add to more depth in the outfield, but also even just raise the bar of the outfield. You know, you look at what yeah. the Phillies have Compete. now. Nick Castellanos, Christian Pache, Yoro. It's sticking, guys. Brandon Marsh. Uh, listen, Brandon Marsh just had knee surgery. You don't know what's going to happen, and anything is possible. So to have somebody else that can compete, that can challenge for a spot, that can, if needed, step in and, and play as any role within the outfield, uh, I agree. I mean, utility players, utility in itself, we know the value of a utility player. But I feel like for the Phillies, if you had to choose and prioritize, Aside from Zach Wheeler's extension, um, and I know somebody in the chat earlier was mentioning, defer it, defer it, get an extension and defer it. Uh, listen, there's always a way. I have no problem with that. I yeah. have no problem with that. Defer get that money. extension, defer that money, and let's make it happen. But so let's also make it happen. I would still like to see that outfielder piece, especially with some of the recent moves of, um, you know, the guys that have been DFA'd. And it's like there, there's less, it's a thinning in the outfield. We're moving in the wrong direction. And and to me, that seems like one of the most obvious areas the Phillies need to upgrade and add. 
And that hasn't happened yet. So with this piece, it gives a little bit of uh, optimism because we have seen the Phillies making some small moves, those $2 million deals, you know, those guys that are going to be in AAA, and maybe, just maybe, there's another name out there like these or someone else we're missing that the Phillies have been in talks with. So, yeah, I like it. Fingers crossed that um, with all these comments we've been hearing and as frustrated as many people may have been that the Phillies, quote, aren't making a move, as, as Dave has talked about, they are. They are. They're, they're clearly doing some things behind the scenes, and there's no surprise that they've been sleepers and brought up in a number of these uh, conversations. So now it's time to land one. So, Tyler, I want to get your opinion in a second. The three I would be most interested out of those named, uh, Eddie Rosario, because he's kind of got playoff chops, you know, mm-hmm. World Series MVP not that long ago. Not not an everyday player, but I like what he could bring to this lineup. Adam Duvall and Michael Taylor yeah. would be my top three there uh, of the names mentioned. Now, Tyler, uh, I know you have some thoughts probably <laughs> on those names. Who jumps off the uh, page at you there? Yeah, I think of that group, Eddie Rosario is the one that I would probably consider. I th- so when we talked about a, a bunch of these guys, and it's the same guys that we've talked about for weeks now, uh, you know, Whit Merrifield, Rosario. Exactly. I, we talked about Jorge Soler for a long time. My thought was, I don't anticipate these guys signing the type of deal that the Phillies are able to offer because they still have the the, real, the the reality of being able to be everyday starters. Maybe not everyday starters, but 125, 130 games. So Kelb said they were the conversations are based around starting twice a week with some at bats here and Which there. Which I think that for a guy like Rosario and, and yeah. maybe like Duvall doesn't excite me at all anymore. But like for a guy like Rosario, for, especially for a guy like Jorge Soler when we were talking about him earlier in the year, mm-hmm. those are guys that I would expect to get like four starts a week and, and two with some pinch hit appearances just doesn't seem like the type of contract that these type of guys would sign. The later that we go, though, well, in that's the what I'm saying. Exactly, yeah. it starts to become like, oh, may- maybe they would. Maybe they would take a, a higher price deal to be the first bat off the bench and the, and the, the fourth outfielder. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So we'll point. see what happens. I, I really want to see one added. We've talked about it. Uh, you know, I think it was back in December. I was like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills that they say they don't <laughs> need an outfielder. Go get some more depth. So hopefully they can find the right mix uh, with some of these the thing uh, is, names out there. If you can get a 32-year-old Rosario, a 35-year-old Duvall, as you mentioned, um, it's, it is going to come down to can we marry the two of what we want and what you're looking for? But I, we, I feel like these are the types of guys that would be a great fit. Like a Rosario jumped off the page as soon as I, I saw his name, because you don't need somebody that's the, the young, you know, ambitious, still kind of climbing in their career. You need someone that's going to be experienced. That's going to be ready. That's going to understand the grind. It's going to understand the, the postseason expectations that are, that are up um, that you're looking for to, and what you're looking to accomplish and you don't have to worry about showing them the ropes, you know? So I like these names. And again, as we've talked about, it's been time and time again of, will they do something? Will they do something? Um, in the chat, I know you guys are saying a lot of different things about, we're still talking about Montgomery there. Uh, we're also talking about Daniel saying that they could also be pitching it to these guys at Rojas to work out. That's a, That's the other thing. Yeah. We just I don't mean, there's know. no guarantee he does. Yeah. I mean, we just saw, yeah. Brandon Marsh. We don't know when he hurt his knee. They haven't. Uh, they said last week in, in Arizona, uh, he go. felt some discomfort, mm-hmm. uh, told the Phillies, the Phillies immediately flew him back to Philadelphia to be seen by the team doctor. And he said, next thing he knew he was getting an orthoscopic procedure. There right. was no doubt that he'll be ready for opening day, but it was an unexpected training, um, you know, a cleanup. Right. And we just, you just never know who would have guessed he'd be getting hurt 
Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with with Johan Rojas. And so that quickly, you have he needs a, he needs a knee procedure. He's out for, you know, three to four weeks, although he should be back opening day. Johan Rojas is a lot of we're still waiting and seeing. So I, as I've talked about many times, I'm all for the short thing. And if you can add in some other short pieces, go for it. And Tyler, before we move on, I know you had some other nuggets on Adam. Yeah, so I think the reason that I, I shy away from Duvall is it's a high strikeout rate type hitter. Now, you know, he's got so some, Soler, yeah. There, there's, yeah. Some, there's some pop in the bat still. He had 21 home runs for Atlanta last year, but uh, the guy struck out 110 times in 320 at-bats. That's a, a strikeout rate. Screams Philly. That's a strikeout rate <laughs> for a player who is not going to play every day of like 30-some-odd percent, 31.2% last year. He was 32% uh, the year prior with Atlanta. That that type of pop off the bench, I, I think you well, need that type of pop well, off the bench, but this. he doesn't excite me. Adam Duvall yeah. or Jake Cave? Dude, it's mm. Duvall. I, so that, it's that's obviously all it, Adam that's Duvall. That's, yeah. that's all it comes down to is like you need you it need, need a, a bench bat is is big. Like yeah. you know, Greg Dobbs back in those runs was yep. a really really good first guy off the bench, and when you have one of those guys, it can make a huge difference. Um, mm-hmm. this was also from the Matt Gelbpeets, uh, cause we actually talked about this like a week or two ago, how often they've run back the same three outfielders <laughs> and we're not going to see Kyle Schwarber in left field, but this at least projected for the next, what's Castellanos got three more years or two I'm trying uh, to think. I thought it was three. I think it's three and Schwarber has two left. Yeah. So at least for the next potential three years, three years, this could be, if everything works out, the same outfield. Exactly. Because Cassianos probably isn't going to get moved. Nobody really wants that contract. I know and in I the chat, Jesse, you're saying we should have, but he's I, not getting moved. I, I think the Cassianos hate has gone a little too far. Is he overpaid? Probably slightly. But, like, he's, he, he can, he's just so – his hots are so hot, his colds are so cold. You know, I think he's fine. Like, I, I think it's become trendy to hate on Nick Cassianos. You know, let's not forget in the playoffs, he was Blastianos there for a little bit before he started yeah. chasing everything the downs, in the NLCS. The downs of Nick Castellanos are definitely frustrating, they're and they're very low. Uh, he can't even get a hit But the at highs times. are so high. But they are. And and as an outfielder, he's he's solid. He's one of the, he is one of the more consistent uh, pieces that the Phillies have in general. So, so I, I'm all for keeping so him. So Rojas, Marsh, Castellanos, we could actually have some continuity in the outfield. Uh, what Gelb had in his piece that kind of blew my mind because we talked about it. He actually quantified it. In the last 40 hmm. years, the Phillies have only had back-to-back seasons with three outfielders making 100 starts. Anybody want to take a guess how many times in 40 years? I saw the number. Oh, you did? Yeah. Tyler, what's your guess? What was the question again? Repeat it. For the last 40 years, they've only had back-to-back to back seasons with three outfielders making a hundred starts. How many times? 40 years. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying they each year is they're running back the same outfield, right? With the same Four, three outfielders. five once really <laughs> once one singular time. <laughs> so one once. time that they had back to back seasons with the same, with three outfielders making 100 starts. That's wild. That's pretty crazy. And now you have an outfield, um, you know, that, you know, for three years, possibly could lock it down and uh, actually repeat. But that's that's kind of a crazy stat. Uh, a couple other Phillies nuggets before we move on here. Uh, Todd Zalecki in his email did talk about the uh, spring breakout game, yes. which is going to be coming up, which is new for Major League Baseball this year. Uh, so each team is going to field a prospect team 
of their top 20 to 25 guys and they're going to play other teams and their top 20 to 25 prospects. I think this is a brilliant idea to kind of showcase and highlight some of these big prospects in baseball, you know, a team like the Orioles or the nationals, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're loaded with, uh, you know, top 50 players. So like, it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, good idea by major league baseball overall, but Todd had the details on the Philly spring breakout game. They are going to be playing Detroit's top prospect team in a seven inning game, March 16th uh, at public field in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, But you can expect, you know, minus uh, Andrew Painter, the rest of the Phillies top prospects. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm sure the Tigers have some great pieces as well. So that that's a brilliant idea by Major League Baseball. I think they nailed that one. I, I agree. I think, you know what, to add something else for, especially for prospects to look forward to, it's another chance to see what they can do. Obviously, as we've been deep diving prospects uh, and every episode for the last, you know, 23 episodes, we were deep diving prospects going down on the farm. There's a lot of unknowns. So a chance to see them um, in, a, in, a, in a spot where it is a little bit more controlled and you can get more eyes and for scouts that are there and even just for the prospects to get a little taste of, okay, I'm getting, this is my chance. It's like a tryout. This is my time to shine. Obviously everything in the minor leagues is like a tryout, but anything added to the league and to the game of baseball, it's It's fun. It's, it's exactly that. And there's a need to grow the game. And I feel like if you can grow it in that area, start making uh, the kids stars at a younger age and and have them blossom. And it just even gives them that taste of, okay, I I'm getting these opportunities. I'm getting closer I'm I'm getting to show what I can do against other prospects, and like you said, it's a chance for those youngsters to get a like yeah, a little so when taste they of actually of get more. called up. People They're know ready, them and right. recognize them and get excited. I mean, how by many them? prospects have we talked about where we're like, is this a real person? You know, yeah. we want to make sure let's let's see them in action. So I like it. Growing the game, uh, as we talked about even on Friday with the conversation on Netflix and the Olympics and all that's yeah. happening, uh, it's needed for baseball because it needs to become a year-round household conversation. Um, in, in the same way as some other sports. Dan Shyrock says a rare W from Ranford. Yeah. Uh, agree. I think they're <laughs> guys, major league baseball, I think is starting to figure out some, some things, uh, you know, with the rule changes, the world baseball classic, mm-hmm. the social media, like they're, they're finally starting to put finally, it together about finally. 20 years it's too such, late. And you know what? There's 162 games are so long in the regular season to be able to add in something extra. I mean, baseball is teams are playing every day, for 20, 30 days at a time at, at stretches before a day without a game. It's a lot. It's a lot. So if you can add in something, even for the players to have to look forward to, I know we were talking about 2028 possibly having, Seth, as you're mentioning, an in-season tournament. Well, in 2028 around the Olympics, they're possibly looking to do some sort of like baseball Olympics type of a thing. So um, to be able to connect with the Olympics happening. But overall, if you can find a way to sprinkle in these other rare small moments of like something different, tweaking the schedule, tweaking the, the routine of it, and also giving the fans something more, grow the game. I'm yeah. all for it. All right. So speaking of growing the game, I, you know, everybody around uh, <laughs> that has anything to do with content creation and baseball, boy, uh, boy. basically in this long off season, which we're, we're approaching the end of, has done a top 10 list or a top five list or top whatever list so we figured what the hell everybody else has done it let's let's dive into it ourselves uh so over the next two weeks maybe two and a half weeks um 11 days 11 okay so two weeks and one day 
who knows? Maybe that Friday we'll just uh, we'll just jam in the final two. And yeah, I, yeah, I make it. I, make you know. it an even split. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like it. Uh, so what we're gonna do is start in right field, go across the outfield, and then hit third base, and then go across the infield, and then go up through the catcher and the pitcher, and we're gonna do our top five at each position in baseball. And Jamie. And guys, at some point, we are doing our projections for the season two. So not only are we giving our rankings by position, but we're giving our predictions to on... To be sealed in an envelope and put yes, away and looked at I, again in yeah, October. Yeah, it's our very own time capsule, and I'm all for seeing how accurate we are. Should we the put it up the on the roof with the bees? The bees yeah, can watch the bees over? Yeah, the, the bees in the trap. Yeah. You know that uh, song. So for, first, first question <laughs> you know in the song. projections is over under the amount of different stadiums oh the gosh. A's play a home game in this year. <laughs> oh, man. Three and a half? That's a mess out there. That is, me- and it's a shame because Quote, things are game. things are going so well out in Vegas right now. I feel like sports wise, but not on the West Coast when it comes to the Oakland A's. But for our rubric, for our projections, we're talking projections for the 2024 season, based off of where these guys are projected to be playing. Just confirming, so we're all on the same page, and so you guys are on the same page because other places drop rankings without rubrics, and I'm all about clarifying. And we're talking about overall play, not just in that specific position. So they're at bats, they're fielding everything. Correct. Yeah. Correct guys. So we're going to start with right field. Um, I guess I will lead it off and we're counting down from five to one. And, and by the way, I'm going to, uh, oh, I'm going to put my myself on blast for a second here Ooh. because I made a mistake. Oh, what? you're going to see some really cool. Gra- I think they're really cool. Uh, yeah, they're to my, to, uh, to my own horn a little bit. Um, but Jamie, you're going to have, so we, we have, you know how we have the side profile player. Yeah. You're going to have your number one's going to be on there like three times okay, because fine. I messed up and I, I, have a feeling I didn't have time to fix it. I have a feeling he's going to be all of our number ones. Yeah, so that's okay. It's not a, yeah. it's not a secret. It's just <laughs> yours know. is going to get uh, exposed a little bit earlier than, than <laughs> Renee and I. All right. So all I good, will start good. out with my number five. And are we doing all of our number fives? I, yes. Okay. Uh, so my number five is Adalis Garcia. He absolutely, you know, kind of stole the baseball world this past postseason. Um, what's not to like about him? You know, I, I I toyed with the idea of putting him as high as three. Um, I think he's one of those guys that just took his big leap. And, you know, the hard part is repeating it, but I think he's going to repeat it. He was pretty damn exciting last offseason. So I'm starting out with Garcia. Okay, okay. I uh, this was tough. This was really tough. I'm not as you guys know. I don't do right well with these things. Right field's a pretty things. good group. It is a really good group. We yeah. started with probably one of the hardest positions to to rank. I actually started off with Kyle Tucker. I know I've seen him very high on some rankings. Uh, to me, I feel like Kyle Tucker, regular season wise, uh, four six F four. Uh, for I think for the Astros, he's a player that maybe doesn't get enough. T- he's credit underrated in that sense. And nationally, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think overall, though, you know, Kyle Tucker has consistently been a top right fielder, and I have to put him in my top five. I don't know if at the end of the season he'll stay in the top five. I could see some other names jumping ahead of him, but I think that we've seen him progress and even progress and even last season felt like. A progression for him that 2024 I think could be a top right fielder all right Tyler who's number five for you all right guys I'm picking a player that played all over the outfield last year but I think based on projections he is going to be a right fielder and if he predominantly plays his 2024 season in right field this guy is a top right fielder in baseball he's a top outfielder in baseball mm. I, listen 
He's only needed one full season to make the list. It's last year's <laughs> rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll. Uh, I, I think that this kid is yeah, so. I, I had him as a left fielder in my. Honestly, well, so he was it, almost my number five. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if he's gonna. Yeah. They, they have him listed as a right fielder. He's gonna play all across the outfield. Lords Goriel is gonna play a lot of left. You're gonna see Alec Thomas and maybe Jake McCarthy play some center and. He's I'm just awesome. gonna. I'm gonna assume that Carroll is playing right field. This kid won Rookie of the Year last year. He was in the MVP contention. He was mm-hmm. the spark plug for this Arizona team, and I can't see a regression in Carroll's game nah, heading he into awesome. year two. He steals bags. He hit 20 plus home runs. He drives the ball to the gaps. He's a, a just. I think that this kid can become the fate one of the faces of baseball over the next couple of seasons. Corbin Carroll is a type of guy that you build franchises around, and I think he's only going to improve from here. He's number five for me. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a good one. When I was looking at it, I had him as left field, um, and yeah. I guess that's kind of the tricky part of this is, uh, you know, some guys do move around a lot, especially with the Yankees now mm-hmm. and Aaron Judge and Soto and right. the shifting there. So uh, absolutely top five at whatever position in the outfield uh, you put him at. Uh, number four, I put who Renee had number five. I have Kyle Tucker <laughs> at number four. I just think he's kind of nationally still underrated somehow. Just a, a tremendous player uh, all around. So uh, I really like Kyle Tucker at number four. All right. Well, apparently, Jamie, we are on the same page because we're flipped. I've got Adoles Garcia right. at number four. Yep. Um, I do feel like his postseason success alone uh, bumps him up for me. I think he's got to be building off of that. That's got to, it's got to feel great. Uh, 39 homers that you hit 107 RBIs, 245 batting average, his numbers, but even just the, I feel like the swag and the confidence that we've gotten from Garcia last year on the, on the road to winning a world series should carry over into 2024. And so I'm expecting big things from him this year as a number four right fielder. All right, Tyler, who's number four for you. All right, guys, uh, this one might be a tad controversial Ooh, just because I think he's a little up. bit lower on my list than he is on everybody else's list. And, and, and I want to say oh, like, you're if with. you're four compared to two or compared <laughs> to three, like this is not a disrespect thing. This becomes personal subjective choice at this point. Uh, at number four, I'm going with Juan Soto. Uh, the move to the Yankees, I think, is going to be – I mean, the, 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 this guy might hit 45 home runs this year at Yankee Stadium. He hit 35 last year. The OBP is through the roof. He has one of the best eyes in all of baseball, and I think that he's going to be able to able to kind of unlock himself a little bit, mm-hmm. not having to worry about being the guy in a lineup because if you think about it over the last couple of seasons when he was in Washington and things started to kind of crumble, he was at like almost last remaining cog in Washington. And then in San Diego between the Fernando Tati suspension, Manny Machado had some injury, you know, missed some time. There were times where Juan Soto like almost expected to be that dude. And when you're traded for the trade package that he was, obviously expectations are super high. You put him in right, you put him next to Aaron Judge. This Yankees team is going to slug. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to put him at four just because there's three guys ahead of him that I think may have almost better seasons. And that's this is not a disrespect to Juan Soto. I'm just Shaking I, it up, I think that there's three guys that are going to have monster seasons above him. All right. I, that's uh I have him on my remaining 3, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's on mine. Um but, Dave is you know, saying 4 is not disrespectful. No, it's fine. But I, I mean, thought man saying did not expect that either. I that I was I'm surprised by that, but I hey Top five is tough. Say it with your chest, Tyler. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's the thing. It's not like I'm sitting here saying, well, I think he's 12. And yeah, you're like, all right, dude. Like, like are you do even watch the game? Four. All right. Number three, I have Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, I think uh, maturing, I think immaturity has been an issue for him. Uh, I think he kind of like 
stabilize that from some things I read about San Diego last year. Uh, switched to right field, became you know a pretty good fielder out there. Is just one of these baseball freaks uh, that can apparently play wherever. Uh, he wants, and I got Fernando Tatis Jr. third. I, I think everybody kind of knows him and his game and his his potential. If he kind of, you know, maybe focuses a little more and stops riding dirt bikes and injuring <laughs> himself and being a little bit of a drama queen, uh, I think he's in for a big year ahead. Okay, again, we're on the same page. I feel like 25 is the age where, for men, you mature, guys. And right. hopefully Fernando is, is doing that. He's also my number three. Uh, that 4.7 F war as well as just his splits, the 262, 327, 465, hit 25 homers. Um, but all stats aside, 28 stolen bases, all stats aside, with him missing uh, 80 games and, didn't, and not starting his season until April 20th of last year, and as you mentioned, Jamie, moving positions. Uh, first of all, he's great wherever he plays. Yeah, but I think this year, if you get a full season of Fernando, if you get a full mature season of Fernando, and also uh, you know have him locked in as right as your everyday right fielder, I think that he should be uh, number three across the league, in my opinion. So I've got big expectations for him this year, and I feel like in general he can lift this team to a level that many people might be overlooking them a bit, but Fernando can be that guy. All right, Tyler, who's number three? Yes, yeah, so it's a, a guy that both of you have already uh, had on your list. Here's uh, no surprise Gar here. It's just, it's just players moving around. It's Adolis Garcia. Oh, uh, yeah. This was, everybody's got that guy that they they go, man, I, I was on fill in the blank before he got big. Mm -hmm. Adolis Garcia was that guy you for me. You were with him back in the Cardinals? Not that far back. <laughs> but when he, after his first full year in, in Texas, this guy looked special. And I, I truly believe that this guy has, even playing at Globe Life, the, it's a little bit bigger of a ballpark than what Juan Soto play in and, and you know talk about Fenway and things like that. I believe that this guy could lead the American League in home runs this season, uh, whether it be Soto, whether it be Judge. This guy's right in that. Luis, uh, Luis Robert is in that conversation as well. This guy has just grown man strength. And the one thing yeah. for me that... Uh, He's that, strong. The one thing to, for me that, that Garcia has improved upon year after year after year is his strikeout rates have dropped from 31 to 29 to 27. His walk rate has gone up. His home run rate has gone up from five to six. His hard hit uh, percentages are at almost 50%. His exit velocity up at the 92 mile an hour mark. Like when yeah. this guy hits the ball, this guy hits the ball. He's on oh, the yeah. verge of superstardom. Yeah. And I think that this guy legitimately could be yeah. amongst the, the league's best players. And you finally got a chance to notice it on the biggest stage when when they you know they go to the ALCS, they win the World Series. This guy to me is is a stud. Yeah. And I think he has been for a couple and couple years now. Has to be, in my opinion, he's top five. Regardless of where you have yeah. him, five, four, three, he's he's gotta be top five. All right, number right two, I have who Tyler had number four. <laughs> I'm putting Juan Soto at number two. Uh, this this right field group, and there's Tyler's mistake that he mentioned. Uh, that is actually Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, but yes, Juan Soto, I'm putting second. Who could be number one? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I agree with you. I think uh, he's going to have some burden taken off of his shoulders this year. And who was it? Chris Slemmer in the group chat says that right field porch at Yankee Stadium. Um, he has a potential to really inflate his numbers and get a monster contract uh, next next season uh so i have him too um great player i mean what else is there to say about juan soto listen juan jose he's not number soto, one he's number Pacheco. two <laughs> oh that was a good one 
is also my number two. So it's crazy because Juan Soto has been one of the best players in baseball, what feels like for a very long time. And he's just entering his prime. just (laughs) turned 25 years old. And he is just entering his prime. And I do think with the Yankees specifically, and it's obviously to note that Aaron Judge is not on this list because he's expected to be playing center field. Juan Soto is expected to be the right fielder. I do think there's going to be an, a great opportunity for him. He's been between the Nationals and the Padres. We've seen the evolution of him as the best player in baseball. Now what does that look like when you have someone like Aaron Judge playing alongside of you? So I feel like Juan Soto's game is going to only elevate. Greatness can really, uh, it's like this iron sharpening iron, I should say. And I expect that Juan Soto's numbers after having a 5-5 war last year, um, overall having just the incredible splits, I can't find it now, but we know what Juan Soto does. Um, being able to hit 156 hits and having out of those 109 RBIs, scoring 97 runs. His at-bats are fantastic. His all-around game is fantastic. And I think with the Yankees, even though a lot of people might be sleeping on the Yankees because we're all caught in Dodgers land, they're going to be one of the best teams to watch in baseball, and it's because of Juan Soto. Number two, it's Mr. Juan. All right. Who do you got, Tyler? Number yeah, it's, two? Uh, again, a player you guys both have already had on your, uh, on, on your list, but I think that this guy with a full season, what this guy did to move to right field and just, I don't know, win the Platinum Glove Award yeah. is unbelievable <laughs> in and of itself. Uh, Fernando Tatis is my number two. I would not be stunned in the least if Fernando Tatis is your National League MVP for 2024. I think this kid is a stud. We'll have to do some uh, betting show one day where we take some long shot odds. I I think that one of the things that Renee brought up that is extremely paramount is the little bit of growing up that he's done over the last couple of years. We, under, we understand that there was the, you know, the PED suspension and then there were some injuries. And you could tell that when he came back last year to start the year, it was a little bit of a slow start power wise and, and 25 home runs over 140 uh, games played, I, I think is probably a little bit low for a guy like Tatis. I would expect him to creep up towards 40 this year. I think that Fernando Tatis is going to have a monster 2020 and again i know that the odds aren't great so i may not play it but i wouldn't be stunned if tatis is your 2024 uh national league mvp yeah i mean he's a great player that's a good one to bet um for this season all right the number one spot uh i guess um we're all uniform here coming for Um, that number one spot guy had an eight two war last year he was your national league mvp he had one of the best offensive seasons of all time. What he still 41 bases on top of 40 plus home runs and and plays a spectacular defense and can hit for average. He can get on base. Uh, God damn it. I hate the Braves. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is. If you take Otani out of it because he's such a unicorn in his ability to pitch too, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say Ronald Acuna Jr. is the best player in baseball. Um, and we're going to have to deal with him for a long, long time, but he's to me, the best right fielder in the game. Listen, the common theme that I got from this and what made this list a little bit more challenging and frustrating and depressing also is when you really factor in, in these top five, you're talking about Corbin Carroll, who was also close to being on my top five list. Um, who's the youngster, but they're all young. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando, Juan, these are 25, 26-year-olds in their prime, and they're hitting the numbers that they're hitting. And for Juan, 
I mean, excuse me, Ronald Acuna Jr. to have such a historic season last year, 30-60 club, 40-40 club, all the clubs. He broke into them, shattered records uh, 40, in behind his 41 uh, home runs that he hit and 106 RBIs. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, this I think we're just getting to fully see Ronald Acuna Jr. I wouldn't even be surprised for as great as last year was if he finds a way. Now, I'm not saying the Braves will find a way to have a, a – a step-up season. But I think Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, is just getting started, which is scary to think about. But he's definitely my number one. No hesitation. Anything else you'd like to wax poetically <laughs> about this freakazoid yeah, that's a right-handed I mean, division rival for the next oh, 12 years we're going to have to deal with, Tyler? <laughs> I, I don't think I expect Acuna to steal 73 bags again. It was 73 bags. That might be I the, said 41. I was that might be uh, 40, 41 home runs. 41 home yeah, runs. Yeah, yes, that's what yeah, I meant. That go. may be the only... <laughs> Uh, step down that Acuna takes in, <laughs> yeah, in might be like 2023. I mean, the guy led the league in runs scored, in hits, in stolen bases, in OPS, in OPS, uh, OBP, OPS, OPS plus, total bags. There's no uh, doubt in my mind it was a clear cut number one to win the uh, NL um, the NL MVP last year. He's the best player in the NL East. I will say that, Jamie, the one place that I disagree with you on is I, I think that he is the third best player in baseball, which basically would we're splitting like hairs. Freeman and I, would, Betts. I would take Mookie Betts over Acuna. I, I think. would take Acuna over Mookie Betts, but I think but you're splitting hairs. You're, at again, that point. you're splitting hairs yeah. at that point. You, you're two and you're three versus your three yeah. and your two. Either want to be a Philly. Um, I think that this was a, a clear cut number one. It was a really difficult five through two, and then one was just oh, like yeah. I didn't even need to look at your two lists before the yeah. show started. I knew he, yeah. who we were all. I didn't even do any one. research, and I literally started with. Ronald I was going to say, junior, he was the first one. one. Get him off All the right, board. let's start with number two. And then it got interesting. But, but as you can see, the, the right field position is is pretty stacked. One, I mean, other, one other thing about Ronald before you talk about the That might be the, the top right five. Like, that might be the best position group of these top fives that we right. do. Right. Something else about Acuna. And again, I'm not trying to make this an Acuna thing because we don't like them. We don't like the Braves. But hey, his number, he's a fantastic superstar athlete. And you can't take anything away from him. The fact that he nearly doubled in almost every statistical category in 2023, he had 40 more games played, but nearly doubled in every area. The stolen base is going from 29 to 73. His home runs going from 15 to 41. His RBIs from 50 to 106. I mean, the upside of him having a full season, staying healthy, staying, you know, being able to show it that he can improve that much. Scary, scary times yeah, when you big, think about our, it. Our big hope there is that he was cheating and it comes out that he got caught and he has to go off of that stuff Man. and completely falls off a cliff and regresses. The, the, but the, I, the step I, forward there is insane. I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, hopefully he was cheating last year and he gets caught <laughs> and uh, that would be the best case for the Phillies. I, I, I think you're living in uh, Alice in yeah, Wonderland delusional I, world because right he's I, I, just I so really too. freaking good at baseball. That's the only reason I see him falling off a cliff there. Yeah. Uh, so there's our top stay five right, there right there with the rabbit Jamie because yeah. uh, <laughs> but yeah the right field was really difficult it's a stacked to run position through. yeah it's a tough one to start with but uh well, I think we all have the agreement on number one that's yeah. the most and Nick Castellanos probably comes in um, like in that 12 to 15 range yeah, I would say yeah. maybe 10 to 15 if you were being nice uh I didn't deep dive the position that much but he's probably closer to the middle of the pack well so uh, let, let me give, let me give you mlb.com's top 10 you tell me if you would take castellanos over any he's of these not guys in the, top 10. the five that or the six players that we mentioned between our three lists uh are acuna tucker soto carol tatis and garcia uh george springer i had him as a center fielder when i was doing 
I'm just telling you what MLB.com has their list. <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets tricky this with the, the outfield position. Yeah. Uh, have to, uh, but so, because I was so, considering Corbin Carroll a left fielder and yeah, uh, George Springer a center that's, fielder. That's what I'm asking you is are, are you taking – No, I'll take both of them. Are you taking over Springer? He's not a no. top 10 right fielder, Okay, sadly. Uh, how about Saya Suzuki? No, I'm taking. Okay, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, assuming he plays See, right, now not that left. Becomes, He's also that be becomes right like a, a debate to me a little bit. Uh, how about Josh Lowe? I would take Lowe. So you're talking about, and this is just MLB.com top ten. This is not including. Yeah. So what I said was 11 to 15 range, 12 yeah, to 15 I think range. I think that's about right, right for Castellanos. Um, you know, Especially I, I think right he had, he had, he had 100 RBIs for this team last year. Yeah. He didn't make an error. He's improved defensively. Credit to the Phillies research and development um, department for, or what is it? Rid? Sid? Rad? Rid? Rad? 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 Research and development? Research and, no, no I don't know. No, so whatever it was, uh, they helped him with his defense. And, you know, he's fine. Would you like an upgrade? Yeah, I mean, I guess for $20 million a year. Sure, you would. Uh, but I would take all those guys on the top 10 list ahead of him. But he's right there. All right. As we're wrapping up today, let's get to guess that swing. I forgot. Uh, we got Yay. Fridays, I believe, right? We did. It, it was, was uh, you did. Bryce. Was it Bryson or JT? No, uh, JT it was, was Trey. No, Trey was Thursday. You did I'm Trey. I'm so upset about Trey. Uh, I, I think it was Trey. JT, JT on was Friday. Friday. JT was Friday. Because Bryson was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yes. So let's get to today's guess that swing. Uh, Tyler, what is your difficulty scale? Oh. I would call this one on a scale of one to 10, a 10 being ridiculously difficult a one being a layup. I would call this one a six. Okay. A middle of the package in terms of like difficulty. Will we be like able three. to tell right or left-handed? Never. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit us. All right. That's a right-handed hitter. Um, is it though? Yes. <laughs> I have a guess right off the bat. Hmm. That's a current Philly that I think I'm just going to send and not think too hard about. Do, mm. do, 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 do. I don't know, guys. All right, I'm in. I submitted. Do you with a full send early? Full send wow. early. I'm not going to beat uh, myself Renee's up. Answers in as well. You wow. guys are just. We got a bow I don't know thing. because the fact that you so, said it's a six is making me a little nervous. All right. So not only did you guys get these answers in in a timely manner, but no way. Like the thing. third consecutive oh, game. Really? Like you have the same answer. And you wow. guys did it's the hair. It's the it's the back fro. Yeah, you guys like, didn't even like give the chat a I did not, chance to I did answer. not expect her to have the same answer as me, but I also <laughs> went with the back. Guys. Well, because I didn't. I didn't. Like, there's so many, I, I don't know, a backup but, outfielder on the Phillies Okay, I don't currently. know if that's a good thing, though, because you said it was a six, and that didn't feel that difficult, and now I feel like it's too good to be true. I'm just going maybe, off the back throw. Maybe I overestimated. So, in well, the chat, are, we're seeing Rojas, Do you want me to let Mayton the chat roll work? in a little bit? Yeah, yeah I want to see some chat guesses. Yeah, because now I don't know. I mean, I feel like I see hair. And I think that was the, and even just the, the body shape? I don't think you could get to left-handed batter on this one, actually. That's what, This is one of the... No, you can. Oh, okay, no, you can. You, if his back yeah, is to us and the can. bat is on yeah. the left side, I see a lefty. Yeah. And that's his right foot in the front. That's, a, that's a real high left. launch angle there if that's a left-handed batter. Yeah, it would be pretty interesting. Now I can't see right now that I've switched to left. See, that's my nonstop Damn issue. It. I always see... All right, there. I'm back. I'm so back to right-handed. Again, it's if the back is to us or the shoulders are facing us. Yes. 
But All I right. think the shoulders are. Uh, so one person in the chat has guessed the same thing Renee and I have guessed, and that's Jim G. Um, that is our guess. We have a Worth, a Rojas, a Mayton, a JT. Answer? Yep. Um, <gasps> all right, Tyler, let's reveal it. And right. Ray, Ray also says our guess so, as well. It Ray, does feel like Pache. Ray, Jim G, Renee, Jamie, congratulations. Yay! Guys, we, we did it. It was, it was we the back Pache. Yes. yes. Everybody that guessed Pache, we did it. We did it. We did it. Hooray. By the way, I like, I like Christian Pache a little bit. <laughs> Um, not enough to Stop say don't song. bring in another outfielder, but uh, yeah. he he took a lot of strides last year, and he's he's one that he's, uh, he's exactly what you want for his role on the yeah. team. Yeah, the A's, you know? when the A's give up on you, you think somebody's done, but maybe not. Yeah, uh, maybe they got a diamond in the rough. All right, we will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, we will be doing our top five center fielders list. We'll see yeah. if the Phillies get involved uh, in any more moves, but overall, Spencer Turnbull. Makes sense, you know. It's not one to get excited about, but it's a good no. depth addition. Uh, and we'll continue talking about Phillies as we are only two. Oh, we didn't bring in our scoreboard today. I was waiting for someone to notice because I didn't. Two days a, away, no, Somebody moved it. It was under here and somebody moved it. So when I went to grab it, it was too late. I couldn't. That's fine. I know. I'm, I really feel like I let the team down. And I wasn't going to say anything. It's because two days and You made coffee days. today. We, we were under our hour and 20 I minutes. I showed up to work. You should have. <laughs> I was it still in your pocket. Yeah, with my daughter's fork from breakfast in my pocket. <laughs> uh, so things are a bit off here today. It is. I. I These definitely... things are the bane of my existence, by the way. I just need uniform colors. Oh, but they're trying so to make both them of fun my girls are color stuff. obsessed. So if I don't have the blue fork for Paige <laughs> and the green one for Skylar, like I just need one freaking color. Why don't you get one with like just like a a design on it? Or they had the plastic, the more plasticky ones that are just like. Addy buys them. No. Oh, yeah. But I, I mean, hate, they're I hate cute. these things. But it was in my pocket. Oh. Aye, aye, aye. Is that a fork in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? <laughs> not with that little baby fork. <laughs> well, it's not that far <laughs> off. Uh, for Renee Washington, Tyler Zuli. You end the show that way, Jamie. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. no. Send uh, for help, Renee, send help. Tyler, myself, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, football aye, aye. season is over. It's officially baseball season. In two days, we'll hear Mitts popping down at we'll the complex. And John time. Foley, uh, hopefully, will be pulling into Clearwater pretty shortly. Uh, so safe travels to him. We'll be checking in with John a lot more regularly as he'll be down in Clearwater for the next six weeks uh, writing stories for PHLY. So make sure you're checking out his work on allphly.com. If you ever want to become a diehard or check out some of our events like the Clearwater trip, it's all right there. Plus Rich Hoffman's awesome daily newsletter. A lot of good stuff on the website. So check it out, allphly.com. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Have a great Monday, everyone. We'll Bye. see you then.